Podcast Answer Man, episode number 90. And welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. Today, I am excited to bring to you a follow-up episode to episode number 89. Uh, Last time I talked, I talked with Todd Cochran of Raw Voice, and we mentioned at the end of that interview a post by a man named Michael W. Gohagen. And that's who I actually have on the line with me right now via Skype. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, in the chat room, we have a, a live chat audience here at gspn.tv slash live. And somebody in our chat room who goes by anonymous number 2,927 is asking, <laughs> who is Michael? So why don't you tell us who you are? That, that's a great question. Uh, I, I'm one of the original podcasters. And, it, you know, uh, honestly, in fact, I had a conversation with somebody today where I said, you know, if you're a brand new com- uh, a brand new podcaster, you probably have no business knowing who I am. But um, if you were involved when it first got created, and and I'm talking before it had a name, when it was Adam Curry, Dave Slusher, myself, a couple other guys, and we were experimenting with the medium, um, you know, I was there. And I've I've written uh, two books on the subject. Uh, I've made a career out of uh, consulting on it. um, And I produced you know, content for Disney and Fortune 100 companies. So, um, but at the same time, I kind of played both sides of the fence where I've always been really defensive uh, for the podcaster himself. And um, that presentation that I mentioned in the post that's getting all this attention is is something that's often been a kind of a, um, you know, it's a hot, it, it's a hot point, something that a lot of people mentioned. And, you know, in, in many respects, um, it gathers some attention, so I guess that's good. But at the same time, what I was really saying is encouraging for, for people that are podcasting. So, but if the person's brand new, you know, should they, should they know who I am? You know, probably not unless they want to go to the bookstore. So, Gotcha. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I've been following you and, and I know that you uh, have some experience. And before we go into talking about your presentation and your blog post and stuff like that, which we are going to talk about, um, I do want to ask you just to give a little bit of example of uh, the how you got started in podcasting, if you don't mind, because I know that sure. our audience is very interested in that kind of stuff. So I had sold my insurance businesses and was gainfully uh, unemployed. And um, sounds familiar. A, yeah, and I, and I bought a computer and and by complete accident found a link to Adam Curry's uh, Daily Source Code, and this was September seventh of two thousand four. And um, I'm the right age to know you know who Adam Curry was. Uh, I was a race car driver at the time. I had been an instructor for um, Ricky Rackman, who took over Adam Curry's position at MTV. Um, but I knew that was the long-haired blonde guy that hosted uh, Head Headbangers Ball, and um, so I was curious, you know, what's Adam up to? And I followed the link. If 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 the name had not been Adam Curry, I would have never followed it. And I, I found Adam, and and I found that what he was doing was um, compelling, and I and I got involved. And this was two weeks before we even came up with a name for for podcasting. So um, I was there with with Dave Slusher and a lot of other really really early guys, just trying to figure out what the hell we were doing. Um, and that progressed. 
and worked out well. I, I eventually uh, created a show called Grape Radio. Um, uh, well, my first show was was Real Reviews, which did very well. And then eventually I, I created a show called uh, Grape Radio, which went on to uh, this last year win a James Beard New Media Award, which if um, – it's kind of like the Oscars of uh, food and wine. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, and um, in 2005, I got hired by Disney, and I produced the Disney podcast for the uh, Disneyland Resort and, and a number of other consulting um, agreements. But I, I've always been rooted in the idea of supporting the podcaster, and I'm not always sure that they've gotten a fair shake. Um, I get a lot of grief for that, but but it, the the presentations I give, um, I make sure that I represent the guy that is sitting in his basement and wants to make it all work. Exactly, like me. Uh, yeah, and, and and you're a perfect example. I mean, you have uh, put in the time and effort and 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 progressed. And you know, a lot of people when when I put out some of my posts, a lot of people will say, "Well, some of us are making money," and and that's great. Yeah, I pay my mortgage with podcasting, but it's still not, um, an industry that is, uh, let's say easy to, to, to work in. So if you were to graduate from college and you had a, uh, your college age student, would you say go into podcasting or go into the insurance business or go into the real estate business or go into the, you know, whatever business, all of those are much more predictable than podcasting is. Podcasting is still, somewhat relegated to the exceptional individual, whereas you can go into insurance and make a living, right? You can make 100000 bucks a year in insurance, no problem. I agree with that uh, statement 100%, yes. Yeah, and, and you're from the, in, uh, I mean, I don't know that you and, uh, and I have ever talked about this, but I, I'm from the insurance business. Yep. I, I, you know, I had a, a wholesaler that was doing 80 million bucks a year and I had a, a retail business that was doing 15 million bucks a year in premium. So, yeah, I was, um, I was a million dollar producer myself in, in an insurance agency, uh, independent insurance agent and family run business. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, we run the same circles in that sense. Yep. And, um, but you know, podcasting is still somewhat, um, more difficult to quantify. And there are a lot of guys out there that want to tell you it's going to work, trust us, it's all going to work. And the reality is that still to this day, it is, uh, it's not so predictable. And, you, you know, there's some exception to the rule. There's a couple of us that have made it work, but it's not something you could just say, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a proven business track. Go do it. Well, exactly. Well, I do want to, I, since we're here now at this point, I think it's a good thing to say is, um, first of all, the phrase podcasting is dead. Okay. Right. Now, now I never said that. Okay. The, the, and here, here <laughs> exactly. And that, that, I, that's the first thing I wanted to, to, to point out is that, um, this talk, this infamous talk that you had, and and stuff like that. I found it to be quite an encouraging piece. Very, I, I agreed with about 85, 90% of what you said. Um, that's and, that's and good. Huh? So, so, I mean, obviously that you had some extremely valid points there. And, and I agree. I took it as being, uh, matter of fact, when people started talking about you, quote unquote, stating podcasting is dead, I'm like, what are you talking about? Where? And I had heard your presentation prior to that hearing people uh, relate to this talk, if you will, uh, which is linked to back in ep the show notes for Podcast Answer Man, episode number 89, by the way. Uh, but anyway, um, 
and I, I did not associate the two. And so what was the title of this talk that you gave that now is known as the podcasting is te- dead talk? You know, uh, off the top of my head, uh, I, I don't have it exactly, but it was somehow it was something along the lines of how to sell, you know, how to sell your premium content online. I mean, it was or, or how to maximize your online revenue. Yeah. Let's and, sell, selling the unique value of your content. Yeah. yeah there you go. Right. And I never said podcasting is dead, but, you know, I invite this criticism. I mean, I put up a controversial you know, uh, slide behind me, put one up that said, you know, podcasting RIP 2004 to 2006. Or whatever. Ah, so that's where it came from. Right. And the point was simple. If you divine, if you define yourself by your RSS feed, you then, you know, get a life cause you are in trouble. Okay. If, if you define yourself by the fact that you deliver content by RSS, then you are missing out because the reality is you are in the digital media business and drop the word podcasting, drop the word, I'm a pod, whatever it is, you are a digital media entrepreneur. Okay. Because otherwise, you know, abstractly, then I would need a podcasting consultant for my RSS feed. I would need a YouTube consultant for my YouTube. I would need a video consultant for my video. I would need a blog consultant for my blog. And the reality is that if that's the business you're in, you want to cover all of those. Sure. Right? I I agree with you about 85% of the way there. And, and so, you know, at the one – at there's a lot of people that, that like to say, well, how do you say this? But, you know, granted, I've got books named Podcast Solutions, first and second edition. I've got the Podcast Academy. I got the Podcast Academy, you know, series of books. Um, I'm very invested in podcasting. And I think that podcasting is an explosive, uh, an explosive growth um, medium. However, I don't know that it supports itself. And what, what I believe does support itself is when you when you view yourself as a media producer right and that's why that's why we named grape radio grape radio and not great podcast mm-hmm. well that it's, no that makes perfect sense I, I agree with you there so i've got real reviews radio grape radio uh you know the podcast academy obviously has the the podcast name but but in in many contexts, every time I've consulted with somebody, let's name it a uh, a name that separates itself from podcasting. Because though in two thousand four, two thousand five, that was very hot, our expect our, our expectation was always that that would um, rise and fall to a bit, and eventually it would become ubiquitous. Right now, here's here's what I'm seeing is is that, and, and I think that that maybe is. It, the expectation, I think, in a lot of people's minds is that podcasting would rise to the to the um, just the medium of content delivery of via RSS feed would rise to the level of, quote unquote, radio and television. And, yeah, that, and that's naive. It, well, that's exactly what I'm saying is that if, if people are basing on whether or not podcasting had lived up to expectations based upon those expectations, I'd say, well, yeah, I guess maybe that idea is quote unquote dead. But I, I still see that um, 
that podcasting is 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 taking on. For example, like Leo Laporte wants to get rid of the word podcasting. He he did this whole thing about a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago now, where he he quit calling him stu- his stuff uh, podcasting, and now it's netcast for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't like the term. Here's here's my feeling on that, and that is that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, let's talk about Leo. Okay, Leo Leo had a television show on Tech TV. Yep. That I watched religiously, right? Yep. So I knew who Leo was, and I, I I've been on Twit. Um, I've been up to you know Leo's uh, studio in Petaluma and and done the whole deal. Um, but Leo is not you and me. Leo had a TV show, had mm-hmm. a built-in audience. He was on television even after Twit in Canada and Australia. Uh, and, and I've been up to the Rogers uh, Television Studios in Toronto and recorded a, a, a piece where you know uh, Leo's show was shot for Canada and, and Australia for uh, one of the books we wrote. And then Leo also has a radio show on KFI, the largest reaching AM station in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to say Leo is the ordinary guy. Because built-in audience, international reach, and even here in California, uh, a continual, and uh, you know, every Saturday and Sunday, he's got three hours to tell you to go to his site, and he does it constantly. Mm -hmm. And and so, and Leo is not somebody you can say, well, he's got two hundred thousand followers. Why do I only have ten? I mean, he's got major media behind him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, but, but here, here, here's what I'm saying. And, and, and I agree with you. Leo is, he and has, he's, he's great. I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's mm-mm. a, it's a good thing. Matter of fact, he, matter of, I, I'm, I'm thankful that Leo is around and I, I am not envious of his numbers or anything of that nature at all. Uh, if anything, Leo does more for me as a podcaster than anybody else out there. Because he is taking, you know, um, people's grandparents who are listening to his show, calling in and asking, you know, uh, you know, what what do I do with this VCR? Do I throw it out the window and and go out and finally get a Blu-ray player? I mean, he's got people calling who have never heard about podcasting, and they're listening to his show. They're 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 actually building a relationship with him and developing some trust in what he sure. has to say, and he's turning people into listeners of podcasts. But but Cliff, why do you limit yourself to being a podcast? See, I don't. I, mean, I don't limit myself, but I do. You, you, but but hold on, you just called yourself a I, podcast. I am a podcaster. In fact, well, in fact, I just. You, but but do you think that the majority of the people that view or uh, listen to your show are doing so by subscription? Um. Let's see here. I will tell you that my subscription base, people who download my content, is 60% listened to via R, via the RSS feed, 40% on the website. Okay, and you are a star, right? Let, let's agree to that. So, okay. Like, I've got real reviews, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I rarely put up a real review anymore, but there are people that still subscribe to that, and it's the vast majority of my subscriber base. However... Um, I really think that if you were to honestly look at the new person getting involved in podcasting, I think that you would find that the subscriber base is probably um, smaller than we might expect. And, and I feel that there, there's a lot of reason for that. 
And it's because they're not the average person getting into podcasting does not understand how podcasting works themselves. And number two, they don't know how to communicate it to their listeners to educate them. And I think that there's some real value in people being subscribed to an RSS feed. And let me just go back for just a moment and answer your question, because I think a lot of my listeners probably want to know this as well, because I've heard the podcasting is dead conversation. I've heard don't limit yourself. I'm a digital media. Matter of fact, I I don't think it's dead. No, 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 no. I I know. I'm a big proponent of it. I know. But But let me let me tell you my business cards. When I started in uh, January of of 2008, I ordered a thousand business cards. I like your new business cards, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, so my, 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 my old business card said Cliff J Ravenscraft, new media professional, or no, it mm-hmm. said new media specialist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what my new business card says? I saw it the other day. It is podcast producer and consultant. That's mm-hmm. my new title. Um, and, and, and I was, and, and, and do you know when I created those cards just the other night? <laughs> So I I did that for a reason. So to answer your question, why do I call myself a podcaster? It's because, well, when I started this business, I want to be known for and I want to be the quote unquote, the guy to turn to for podcasting. If if I don't if I heard about this thing called podcasting and I, you know, I'm already researching blogging. I got my blogger account set up and you know what? I'm doing pretty good at that. Um, I've heard this thing called uh, analytics. I've got that set up. I've heard about this thing called, um, oh, SEO, search engine optimization. I'm reading the book on that. Uh, now I've heard about this thing, podcasting, and it's something else I want to get into as a far, as part of my overall package. But it's the one thing when I look online, it's just like there's so much information and it all points in different directions. I need somebody to help me with podcasting. Who do I go to? And of course, that's why you go to the podcast answer man. Or Michael W. Gohagen or somebody else who does know this stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, I've often thought of like uh, just as a challenge. I own Podcast Consultant and PodcastConsulting.com. And uh, you can throw them my way if you're if you're tired of podcasting, well, by but, the way. But, you know, there's a number of guys <laughs> that keep saying it's a huge business and we're all going to make a gazillion dollars. And, I'm, I'm, yeah. and I have, you know. Uh, you know, late at night, I'm like, oh yeah, really? Okay, great. How much are you willing to pay for this? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it's one of those, it's like a fantasy thing, right? Like sure. I'm never going to really do it, but you know, I own them. I'll, I'll sell them both if somebody's willing to pay for them. <laughs> um, but the reality is, um, you know, I work with Disney. I mean, that's a fortune, what, 10 fortune 20 company. I mean, they're, they're way at the top mm-hmm. and, uh, but they have a strategy and it's planned mm-hmm. and the average podcast person has no concept um and this is something they need to learn if they really want to get into this of what happens when you are at a uh you know in a large conference room with marketing public relations and legal and the idea of hey it's a great concept and we all want to get it out changes and the conversation becomes uh you know marketing initiatives and you know all the business speak you can imagine um and particularly there are a number of podcasts that have been paid for uh by large pr firms that never made it out the door because legal was not in that original conversation and that's a that's a um 
that's a meeting that a podcast quote unquote consultant needs to be able to handle and they need to be able to handle it in a way that ensures that the initiative is successful. And I, th- I think that's something that not a lot of people are prepared for. I, I um, agree with you there. I mean, you know, legal wants a transcript of the podcast. Well, you don't get one. Why don't you get one? Because you can't edit it like a Word document. So you have to listen to it and tell us if they're, you know, you, know, you get to listen to it. You don't get to read it. Um, and that's something that a lot of people uh, aren't willing to fight for, so to speak. A- right. And w- when I say that, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of very particular high profile Fortune 100 companies that have paid people and the podcasts have never gone out the front door as a result. Right. Um, you know, there's a number of us that have made a very good living um, as podcast producer, I mean, I, I pay my I pay my mortgage and my kids go to school and we buy shoes and you know sweatshirts and you know basketball uniforms for them off a of po- uh, off a of podcast. However, I know that in in some ways I'm the exception and not the rule. And I've always really fought for the idea that it should be a, a, a marketplace that everybody can can participate in and not just a few of us. Right. I, no, when you say that, I, I definitely can agree that, that this isn't, this is not, podcasting is not a get rich quick overnight kind of thing. In fact, I mean, people can look at me and, and, and those who listen to, to my content, they, they know my story. And, and of course, we're working, th- you know, things out here to, to make everything completely 100% profitable and stuff like that. We're certainly not going into debt doing this thing and leaving my career in insurance behind, but I'm certainly a long way uh, from making what I did as an insurance agent. Right. Th- th- that's but, just but, the case. Cliff, but you would agree that insurance as a baseline is something you can tell somebody go into and you can make a good living, right? Absolutely. And, and podcasting is, is much more of a toss-up. I would agree with you, and and it and I think it really has to do, and 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 I would just say I, I want to say that when it comes to to going into business for yourself and making it anywhere, it really d- comes down to um, I I'm not sure if you've heard of Dan Miller and Forty Eight Days to the Work You Love, but but he talks about the five things that are absolutely necessary to make it on your own. One is determination. Two is passion, self-discipline, uh, raw talent for what you want to do, and then there's got to be an element of faith involved as well. And sure. and so I, I believe if you possess those five things and you have a true sense of calling, even if it's podcasting, you can make it. Yeah, yeah and I, I guess I look at it, um, you know, there's, uh, I mean, I can name the people I know that are, you know, paying their mortgage, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of people that like to talk. And then there's a few that I know are actually making money. And uh, but it's a few. And it, I mean, it's I mean, that's the truth. It's a few. And it, and, you know, um, I probably get in trouble because I play both sides of the fence. You know, I put up a post and everybody says, hey, you know, if you can't figure out how to make a living, then uh, you should get out of here. And, and then I respond like, well, I actually am making a living, but I want it to be something like insurance. I, I, I've always really wanted, you know, I was there from day one. Right. I want the guy that loves it to be able to make a living. And nothing has come along yet that allows that. Well, there, there are a ton of podcast networks that have come and gone. There are podcast networks that have, you know, said, 
I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And of course, they're completely out of the podcast space now, two years later. There are a ton of um, uh, people that have said, we will make you rich. And it's never worked. And it's always come down to the fact that whether or not, if you're going to go into the media business, then go into it. And you need yeah. to figure out how to sell, how to market, how to, how to you know, network, and how to make it happen. I mean, for, for Great Radio... Nobody's ever sold an ad for us. We've sold our ads. Right. But Grape Radio, I mean, we just went to Paris. I mean, we, you know, we get flown around the world now by, uh, you know, the Champagne Council. And, uh, and these are advertisers. And nobody makes their living from Grape Radio. But at the same time, if you're a wine aficionado, it's a pretty good gig to have. I mean, you know, when you get the, you know, people sh- – from Champagne saying, hey, we'll fly out to France to spend a week with us. I mean, that's something you say yes to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, let me let me take you back, um, oh, 12 years ago in my life, uh, before podcasting was around and and, and relatively uh, this whole internet thing was, was still, people were, I think it was before the dot-com bust, uh, there, there was a day back when I was uh, getting fresh into, you know, I was just a year or two into my insurance career. And I just have always been a technology head. So back then, for me, I was blogging and I was getting involved in, in buying and selling stuff on eBay. And here here's what happened back then. I went around and I saw this thing on eBay saying, you know, if you buy this CD, we will tell you how you can make a living off of eBay. And, and you, I bought the CD. It was 15 bucks. I mean, what, I mean, what do I have to lose? So I brought it home, looked at it and it had some free royalty free stuff that you could sell on eBay. And, and you, you could basically make some money selling this product to people who bought it for four or five bucks. It was a digital product. You email it to them. Well, guess what? I made some money. Now, how much money I made depended on how much I was determined to do it and how passionate I was about it. I finally got to the point where it's like, wait, why am I making $4 profit on each one of these when I could make $18 profit by selling the same CD, only packaging it myself and selling it as the eBay career kit? And so Mm -hmm. I started selling the eBay career kit for $5 more expensive than the one I bought. And it was my own products, my own digital products. And I sold it. And I will tell you, I was making enough money then that I could have quit my insurance career. Mm. Now, I chose not to because I wasn't passionate about that. However, I will tell you today, now you have the eBay top sellers out there. 15 of those people who are making millions of dollars a year on eBay bought their eBay career kit from me. Now, the, the problem is, is back then people were telling everybody, you can quit your job and work and sell on eBay. The truth is, is it's not true. The, the problem is, is that you have to have you have to possess those five things. And I think the same is true of, of when we approach insurance. I, 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 Michael, I have a friend of mine who is he's been coming to my Bible study group on Wednesday nights. He says, Cliff, I've just been approached by this such and such company. I won't say the name of the company. They want me to uh, go and get my insurance license. And they told me I'd make this much money. And I says, well, it, it's possible. But let me sit down and talk to you about this. How, how passionate are you about selling? Well, not really. So you're not going to make anything. In fact, how much are they guaranteeing you the first year or the first two years until you start making enough salary or until you start making enough commission to outweigh that salary? 
Well, there's no promise of that at all. And right. my 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 suggestion to that person is is that to to in, insurance to that person is no different than starting up and going into podcasting as a career for somebody else. Well, I, you know, Cliff, I I disagree a bit. Um, you know, uh, as a in you know, you and I share insurance as a background, but I I I used to be able to look people in the face and say you can make three hundred thousand bucks a year, and I had a couple guys that did that. Now. Did everybody do that? No. But, but could you go into insurance and make a living? Right. You know, pay, your, pay your mortgage, pay your rent, pay your whatever your bills are. Yes. And so even if you only made 50 grand or 80 grand or 120 grand, or, you know, whatever, uh, depending on where you live, um, you could do that. That is not as predictable in uh, the, the, the podcast space. And and, and, and and I'm not negative on podcasting, no, I know. but it's not an established business. Well that's and, what that's the question. And I don't want to interrupt you and, and, and sound like I'm I'm being arrogant, but the the question I have is how long has his insurance been around and established and stuff well, that, like that? that? You know, the, great question. But should we be encouraging people to get involved in podcasting today if it's not established? I mean, you know, there are folks that said well, you know, how long has the car business been around or, you know, how long has any, anything else been around? Sure. Um, I, I, and the hype has been to get involved. Now, I believe get involved. Here's my basic premise. Podcast your passion. Find what you love to do and podcast it and treat it like golf. When you go to play golf, you have fun. It's a great day. And guess what? You probably bought some expensive, you know, Callaway clubs or whatever it might be. And go have fun. But don't worry about whether or not your Scotty Cameron putter is going to pay for itself or whether or not your, you know, Big Bertha driver is going to, you know, pay for itself. And for some bizarre reason, when people start to podcast, they assume that they should get compensated for it. And I think it's because of the radio model. Uh, and the reality is, just like in golf, very few people actually get compensated for what they accomplish. And when they do, it's because they are spectacular, mm-hmm. not because they're average. I agree. I agree. And, and in the and, radio, I do know people who actually are on the airwaves uh, five days a week, every single day of the year. And they're, they're actually paying the radio station to be on there. Sure. Yeah, right. And in some cases, it makes sense because of, a, you know, a sponsorship deal for, you know, whatever it is they're promoting. Uh, and so I, I think that the average person um, should approach podcasting with the mindset of this is an add-on and something I want to get involved in. Now, if you love it and you really want to pursue it, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, and this is a truth I know to be absolutely the fact your knowledge is worth more than your audience. Mm -hmm. So don't try to sell advertising to your audience. Sell your knowledge as a consultant because you will make 10 times more. And that's exactly how I started out in 2008. And uh, and, and, and matter of fact, I I believe I took that advice directly from you. So I want to credit you for that. In fact, that's how I decided that, you know what, even though I have no real understanding of how I'm going to make this happen, I'm just going to do it and I'm not going to accept failure. And I I took, I believe it was specifically your advice from your talk uh, where you said that exact same thing. And I said, you know what? I am going to bill myself as a consultant and I'm going to help people learn how to set up podcasting, not so that they can you know, go into it as a career, but so that like, for example, uh, Dave McClellan was uh, 
chief engineer of Corvette from 1975 to 1992. He wanted to preserve the history of the Corvette uh, from all the way from its inception up to where it is today by interviewing people who are in their 90s and are quickly passing away. And True. now CorvetteChief.com, he's out there doing it. And he paid me well to do that for him. Right. And so, yeah, and, and that's the, uh, you know, in, in many cases, your knowledge is always worth more than your audience. I mean, if you've got an audience of 8,000, that's great. But 8,000 really isn't that big. No. Uh, however, if you um, have that expertise and it can be leveraged at a major media network where, uh, you know, they can get 80,000, suddenly it becomes very valuable. Exactly. And then what I found uh, halfway through the year, somebody asked me a question Mike and they said, what, "What do you want to do? Where do you want to be in five years?" And I said, "I'd love to just record podcasts for a living." And uh, it it dawned on me that advertising wasn't the way for me. And that's when I heard about uh, somebody that you know rather well, Dan Class. And sure. and I heard about the fact that he was going to partial premium content. And I decided to talk to my audience and ask them what they thought. Although Tim Berkman would tell me, "Don't ask your audience," but I did. And you know what? I had them say overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly. I would pay for your content. And yeah. sure enough, I put them to the test. And today we have, uh, since August, we've had 198 people who, who have signed up to pay $10 a month for our content. And, and, you know, Tim and I disagree on this. I mean, I always think you should ask your um, constituents, what do you want? And figure out how to deliver that. Mm -hmm. uh, presuming that you know better than, than your constituents, what they want, I think is somewhat presumptuous so well that's um, that's been my thing from the very beginning is is I, I i survey my audience and ask them what they want what do they want me to do more of what do they want me to do less of and and really to, i love the fact that i'm doing surveys and instead of trying to find out how i could sell my audience to an advertiser i, I love the fact that now i'm saying hey let me learn about you for you for your benefit and and what I found is this this idea of reciprocity of people you know you give to others they give to you and man has it really radically changed my life and my podcasting and it's to the point now that you know what right now I, I have a, I have so many listeners that growing my audience is a goal but it's so secondary or even it's third or fourth down on the list upon the the building of the relationships with the people that I have right. But, you know, Cliff, I mean, uh, you know, in some ways we're agreeing on everything and that that doesn't make for a good show. I mean, the other day <laughs> you and you and uh, Todd were ready to go. And I mean, come on, there's got to be something we disagree about here. Well, I, OK, I have one for you. I, okay. we, we've all talked. We've talked about how much we agree. So so let me read a statement from a blog that I read recently. It says, and I quote, two years ago. People railed against me for my podcasting is dead presentation. I'm not sure how many, how many more examples I need to point, point to until folks realize I was dead on. You're in the media business. Forget podcasting. That is so 2005. I know that blog. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're telling me that you never said podcasting is dead, but you are embracing the podcasting is dead phrase. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I you know, uh, I admit to playing both sides of this. Um, you know, I never said podcasting was dead. However, you know, at that presentation, I put up a slide that said RIP podcasting 2004 to 2006. And uh, 
I knew that that would get reaction, and I, I intended that. And, then, and the reason I wanted to get that reaction was to, I, I wanted people to realize you're not a podcaster. You are a digital media producer. Yeah. And the minute you limit yourself to the fact that you're a podcaster, you are constricting yourself to this concept of the RSS feed. And nobody, including every current podcaster, is limited to that. Uh, I mean, the reality is people don't subscribe to Adam Curry. They go there when they hear a link. People don't go to Todd Cochran because they subscribe. They go there when they hear a link. And early on, when there were 50 podcasts, we all subscribed to everybody. However, that all dropped off. And it dropped off because of the fact there was just an overload of content. And so in order to get um, that subscription, I believe, you really need to stand out or you, you have to have something that's happened that's, you know, there's some reason you're talking about something interesting and, and, and people go to it. And I think that the sooner people realize they're in the digital media business, the sooner they can compete with CNN and Fox News and everybody else. Because Fox News doesn't say, hey, we're podcasters. They're in the they're in the digital media business when it comes to online. YouTube doesn't say that they're podcasters. They are in the digital media business. And that's the real arena where I think the real money and the real opportunity is going to be made. And I think if somebody says, well, I'm a podcaster, I, I believe this to my core that corporate America and everybody else is going to say, that's great. We're going to go with the guy that's doing the online digital media. Right. And, and you know what? That may be the case. And, and I will tell you that I am that guy that says, I, you know, I'm, I'm a podcast consultant. And, 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 and you know what? Well, but, but why not be a new media consultant? Well, I, I do that as a, my passion is in podcasting. It, honestly, my, my, my passion. So is your passion in the fact that your media can only be distributed by RSS? No, 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 no. Uh, you, you go to my website uh, and you, you, you recognize the fact that I'm on Twitter. I'm in Facebook. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on playing Plur. a devil's advocate here. But, so, you know. so I've got, I'm blogging, I'm video blogging without RSS links. Um, you know, but, but, but that's not podcasting. It's not, but you know what? It is all leading, but you go and watch, go to ravenscraft.org, uh, go to the category, uh, under videos and cooking with Stephanie. Now that, that is becoming extremely popular. It's only one episode. I've got people emailing me daily. When is the next episode coming out? Uh, is is your blog defined by your RSS? It is sometimes. Really? You yeah, that? some people. Yeah, but it, it's not anymore because people can Twitter links to it and stuff like that. So it, it goes and beyond. Well, why that. would your podcast be any different? Well, it, it is. It, it is different. But here's the thing: you go watch. You go watch Cooking with Stephanie, and at the end, it says, "Want more content from Cliff and Stephanie?" Go to gspn.tv slash about today or whatever. It, it, it's all about educating people about the fact that we have content and let us show you how you can get to the point where you'll never miss anything that we put out. And obviously on all our sites, we have the subscribe opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so don't get me wrong. No, but yeah, but how many I, I don't times believe that that is the driving force anymore. I, I mean, uh, now, I, I might be jaded only because I've been there since day one, but um, I, I know a lot of podcast pioneers, guys that were there before we even had a name for it, 
that it, when you talk to them, you're like, well, who do you subscribe to? Nobody. I just, you know, I click on them when, I, when it looks interesting. And when it was early, we all subscribed. We subscribed to Adam. We subscribed to Dave Slusher. We subscribed to Mike Butler. We subscribed to Donna Drew, Dave Weiner, who's totally freaking disappeared uh, from the podcast. You, you, you know what I mean? I mean, there was a group yeah. of people that you totally listened to. And... Um, but that was when there was a, a, a what I would call a finite. Now, obviously, there's always a finite number, but that was when it was 20 rather than 200,000. Mm-hmm. And now that it's 200,000, you know, um, it's kind of like TiVo, right? You know, I, my wife, you know, there's one or two shows she makes sure, you know, she records and the rest are kind of, you know, here and there. Right. And, and podcasting is very much like that. Um, though this is subjective, I, I believe. I don't believe that most people say I subscribe to 15 shows. They might have their two favorites. Maybe it's Cliff's show because they love you. Maybe they love Todd Cochran and the rest is here and there. And early in podcasting, it was not like that. And early in podcasting, people subscribe to 10 shows and I don't believe it's that way anymore. I, well, my, my actual numbers, my statistics show of, of the 198 people who are actually paying the money to listen to our content when surveyed, um, it, it, it still shows that people are out there subscribing to 10 or more podcasts. Wow. And so it, it, at least, the, and of course those are the people who are paying for my content. I, d- I don't make it a, so, and those are super listeners. Those are super. Sense. Yeah, absolutely. These are, these are people who totally get everything about what I'm doing. So it's, it, it's a, it's a super set of, of the, of the, of the audience, obviously. But right. uh, yeah, I, I see. Matter of fact, I've got Twitter open. Um, I or had Twitter open before we started recording and somebody says, Oh my gosh, I'm down finally down to only eight unlistened to podcasts. I'll have to hit up, GSPN tomorrow, right? So, so basically, but, but, you, but you have a, a an enthusiastic listener base, and I. And, but but here's yeah. the deal for for my listener base. Um, let me explain to you. I'm not my a majority of my audience are not tech heads. Uh, they were people who went to they literally. I mean, I would say eighty percent of my audience found me as a result of looking to download TV show episodes off of iTunes. They, they heard that they could go to iTunes and search for Grey's Anatomy and download the episode. And boom, this thing called a podcast pulled up and it says uh, Grey's Anatomy fan podcast with Cliff and Stephanie. They listened to it and it's like, oh my gosh, this is available and it's free. I love this. And over time, they became educated about the fact that we do other shows and they started to subscribe to those. And we have we have turned them into podcast fans so much that people who had never heard about podcasting before one of our TV show fan podcasts, where these listeners are now banding together and actually doing podcasts with each other. But, and I guess that my only thing would be that I would hope that one day you expand um, – your your core concept beyond podcasting. Well, and and, and go, like, like I mean. said, I mean, I, you know, I'm the podcast solutions author. I'm the podcast, the business podcasting book guy. I got the podcast academy. However, um, in, in some ways, that whole concept of deliverable media, whether it's by RSS, by a visit to your website, whether it's a flash audio player, you know, that a lot of people have or Flash video if you've got uh, well, video on your site. Are you, 
Are you? That's on, that's the core. Right. Now, but the, that's the question I'm asking is, I mean, I, I, as a pod, I still consider myself to be primarily a podcast. That's where I want to pull people into. But you. But, but why do you define yourself that way? Because the reason for me personally, the reason is, is because there are enough people. There are very few people out there who consider themselves to be an, an expert in the field of podcasting. There are a handful, maybe two handfuls of people who consider themselves to be that way. I name myself as that because if people are, if you go to Google and type in podcast consultant, I'm number three on the list. And if I sell you podcastconsultant.com, you'd be number one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, because trust me, that'll rank right up there just because of the URL. No, I I, I totally get that. But but do you see what I'm saying? The reason why there are two things. Now, let me explain to you when I meet somebody face to face. And they say, Cliff, what do you do for a living? If you, if anybody out there is is thinks for a second that I say, well, I produce podcasts and I'm a podcast consultant. Th- no, I don't do that. Uh, basically, what I do is I say, you know what? I cre- I'm an I, I basically do ri- talk radio shows for the internet. My wife and I yeah. we produce talk talk radio for the internet. Sure. That's exactly I do radio on the internet. That's yeah. exactly yeah. what I say to them because they understand that. Even though that that makes no technical sense at all because radio waves don't exist on the Internet, it doesn't matter. They understand radio on the Internet. So that's what I say. And so and I, and I say, you know what? Um, we, we get to talk and I say, here's some of the shows that we do. Oh, my gosh. I love the TV show Lost. Well, that's one of our most popular shows. Why don't you go to weeklylostpodcast.com? And and now why isn't weeklylostradio.com? Well, it's because I want them, now they're interested in hearing this talk program. And so now I'm writing down on a piece of paper or I'm handing them a business card that says Weekly Lost Podcast. And so eventually they're going to ask themselves, what is a podcast? And I'm certainly going to answer that for them and explain to them that the whole idea is this, this, you know, the fact is you can get it delivered. I want to educate people on podcasts and the fact that there is so much other content out there that's in this form that you can take with you when you're jogging through the neighborhood or working in the uh, garden or whatever you're doing. It's something to be taken with you all the time. You don't have to be tethered to your computer. And I tend to agree, um, obviously, with the concept. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm heavily invested in podcasting, despite you know the opinions I've I've, I've suggested. But um, you know, when we when we started Grape Radio, we started Grape Radio, not Great Podcast. When I started Real Reviews, it was Real Reviews Radio, and um, there's a very specific reason behind that because when we called people and we said we want to interview you. What's the name of the show? It's Real Reviews Radio. It's a radio show on the internet. Mm-hmm. That became, or Grape Radio, it's a radio show on the internet. Like, great, let's do it. It's, it's great, you know, it's great uh, podcast. Well, what's a podcast? And you had to explain that whole thing. Um, and we realized that podcast versus radio didn't make a difference to the uh, content, it made a difference to the impression of the person that was coming on. Right. Um, and so we circumvented that by using the term um, radio and said, and much like you, we said it's a radio show uh, on the internet. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we've now moved into video. So we've got this site called Grape Radio. We won a James Beard Award, not for our audio, but for our video. 
Yep. But and and so if you look at a radio show that's uh, become a TV show, I don't know, look at a Bill O'Reilly or somebody, right? He's got a radio show and he's got a TV show. You know, does he say I'm a radio guy? Does he say it's a TV guy? No, he says I'm a media guy. Right. And uh, I think that's the same. No, um, I, I get it. I, I, I think that the average producer should lift themselves up a few levels and say, I'm a media guy. I'm not a podcast guy. I'm not a radio guy. I'm not a, you know, uh, you know, uh, narrow delivery person. I'm a person that produces media. Yeah. And, and, and to the most, I, I live that principle out in my life. And until I see no longer the need uh, or the desire of my community to to really have this mechanism as of quote unquote content delivery via RSS be the primary source of how I deliver my content. Um, you know, for example, there are a lot of people who are upset that you know they cannot get the the cooking with Stephanie uh, via RSS feed, and and the truth is, is it, it it would just take me an extra forty five minutes for every episode I produce. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't. There are some things I I want to I I, I want to take my podcast listeners and say, hey, we want you to come frequent the site every now and then. It it helps. It helps associate you and connect you with some some faces and and some participate participation in the comments section and stuff like that. So we we do we use this. I mean, you and I right now are being simulcasted. Our audio is simulcasted out on uStream.tv right now on our site. We have people in our chat room who are chatting and listening to us. Uh, the video of me talking to my microphone is being broadcast out. So I mean, you know that I'm using all the principles that you're talking about. But when it comes down to it, I just really feel that, that I want to, you know, the RSS feed is the best way to, to continually consistently get that content. For example, when I hear about somebody and I see a link to somebody's podcast or, or an episode of a podcast on Twitter. And if I want more content, I subscribe in, in my iTunes to their podcast and for example, if I want Michael but, but W. Gohagen's blog, do you listen to him? No, no, I mean, no, 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 not at all. Matter no, of so fact, you subscribe to him, but you don't listen to exactly. Him. <laughs> so, well, then what good does that do? Well, let me explain <laughs> to you what I do. In fact, I love the latest version of iTunes, which allows you to set your rules based upon the podcast. So, for let's just say uh, Michael Gohagen's Great Radio, I say, listen, you know what? I'm really into to great radio and stuff, but if I'm if I'm three or four episodes behind, I, it's not going to kill me if I miss one or two of them. So I set it up to where iTunes will automatically check for new feed or for new episodes, but I set it up to only keep the most recent episode. But Father Roderick's Daily Breakfast, if I happen to be four days behind and you delete one I haven't listened to yet, I'm going to be upset. So I want Father Roderick, and it says here, I want you to automatically check for new content, download the most recent episode, and I want you to keep all unlistened to content. And so I can right. do that for you. And, and yeah, I, I, I've subscribed to probably uh, 30 different podcasts. Now, most of those, all, I'd say all but 10 of them, I have the most recent one episode of. And it's only when I have time to listen to something do I actually fire up and listen to one of those guys. I, I just got a direct message from uh, Minion Fogarty telling me podcasting is not dead. So the, <laughs> there you go. The, <laughs> so we, someday all these people will listen to this thing called how to sell your content. But 
But at the same time, you know, uh, look, I, I realized, you know, the title that people gave it, yeah, it gets some attention. So, it does. So, yeah. so, so let me just ask you, some questions came up uh, early on in the chat room here, and obviously my, my audience is extremely important to me, and, and I know that they want to have uh, some stuff here. Uh, one of the questions they asked um, is how, uh, you know, obviously you've heard and everybody's heard us already talk about Podango and, and mm-hmm. we're all very sad to hear about that and, and, and especially for the content producers and, and stuff like that. So we don't need to recover all of that, but you sold them some technology. Um, can you explain what that technology was and then tell us if you know anything about its future? Sure. So we, we sold them something that uh, Doug K. Who's probably best known for the IT Conversations Network, and, and now the um, he does the uh, his um, kind of um, nonprofit version called the Conversations Network. Um, Doug Kay and I started a company a couple of years ago called Gigavox Media, and we developed, among other things, the Levelator, which a lot of people um, continue to uh, use, um, and we also developed what was called Gigavox Audio Lite. Um, at the time. And Gigavox Audio Lite allowed you to produce content like we did for IT Conversations, which meant you could produce what we, um, uh, portions of your audio and you could segment it and then um, dynamically insert additional pieces. So that meant you could, um, to put it simply, you could have section one, section two, section three, and you could put an ad at the front, a new intro between section one and two, a different intro between section two and three, and a new ad at the end. And you could change those on a dynamic updating um, uh, possibility. We sold that to Podango in, uh, let's see, 2007. Um, and Podango took it over. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's not without saying that I'm somewhat disappointed with the way that they... Um, uh, I would have I, I wished they would have made more of it. And there are a lot of people that are on it that love that system and realize the value of that system. Um, but it does belong to Podango. And some people have asked, why can't we just take it over? Well, we sold it to them. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I sold a car to somebody. I, just because they are going, you know, out of business doesn't mean I can take their car back. Right. And uh, so Podango owns it and we'll see what they do with it. Uh, though I, I, I really do wish they did, um, you know, for lack of a better term, exploited it more. Right. I, I, I think that, that was a core value that somehow got missed as they were focused on their advertising network uh, ideals. Let me ask you, if, if they decided to not do anything with it, the, the com- business goes completely out and, and they're away from the whole market altogether. Is it something that you or anybody else could recreate and repackage as under a new product? You know, it's something that belongs to them. So, um, and, and if if they do, in fact, go into bankruptcy, which I, I don't know that that's actually what's going to happen, but that's, you know, and, and that's why I put the question mark in my post. Um, you know, it sounds like that's where they're headed. I mean, bankruptcy is a, you know, legal procedure. I mean, you get a trustee and who knows what happens. I mean, there's some creditors and everybody comes in and says, okay, who owes who money and, and what assets are there and, and uh, you know, at that point, I, I think that they would be, um, I, I don't want to speak out of place, but, you know, in order to get that software to work, um, in many ways, it might require our input, our, our, our input. So I, I'd be curious to see what happens. Gotcha. Somebody else in the in the chat room, well, um, Maury's asking, do you know if it was Scott Bourne that actually purchased it on behalf of Bondango? 
Uh, Scott, as I uh, had nothing to do with that. I mean, I think Scott left. I don't remember when Scott left, but I think it was right pretty soon around when they bought our technology. So Scott had some deal with them that had to do with podcast production and their studio in San Francisco. And uh, frankly, I know nothing about that deal other than the fact that he was there, he was doing it. And then, you know, one day he wasn't. Gotcha. So somebody asked if, how you got involved and how you with Dan class and write and co-authoring a book together. Um, I got a uh, phone call that said, would you like to write a book? And uh, I said, no. <laughs> and then, um, some friends of mine said, look, there are people that have worked their whole lives to get a book published. You've got to figure out how to say yes to this thing. And um, I'm a good editor. I mean, I like to read things, but if you give me a, a blank page, I'm, I'm in a tough spot. Um, and Dan and I had become friends at the Orange County Podcaster meetups, um, which we were having early on. And I called Dan and said, look, I've got this deal. They say, if we say yes, we get to write a book. Um, you know, would you like to be the guy that faces the, the, you know, blank pieces of paper and actually writes it? Um, and so, um, Dan's a writer, he's an actor. I mean, he's got a lot of experience in Hollywood. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but if you ever watch, uh, the girl next door, he's the guy behind the camera at the opening scene. Um, I love to always point that out cause it's a good film, but, um, so Dan and I got together. We outlined the book, but Dan was the guy that dealt with the blank piece of paper, meaning he was the guy that said, okay, chapter one, first sentence, and started typing it. Um, and after we outlined it, he'd give it to me, and, and then we'd trade back and forth some copies. And uh, so in many ways, Dan, uh, you know, I, I can't thank Dan enough. I mean, he was instrumental in getting that first book published. Gotcha. Now, now um, we're about ready to to run up on an hour here, and so I do want to ask you. You obviously uh, have been around. You, you definitely have a business mind, stuff like that. I've I've had a career in insurance. I've been extremely successful in sales and stuff like that. All this business angle, um, you know, working with the CPA, tax accountants, and 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 all this other stuff. A lot of this stuff is brand new to me. Uh, I, I'm determined that there's absolutely no way possible that what I'm doing is going to fail. In fact, we had an extremely awesome, successful year in 2008, getting ready to celebrate it with a big 24-hour podcasting man marathon all day on the 31st. Um, by the way, real quick, Michael, uh, just so you know, from 1230 to 1:30 on talk shoe, um, I know Joseph Jaffe and has invited a bunch of people to, to talk a lot about, you know, at, at, at this whole thing that we've been talking about. And if you're interested, you're welcome, you're welcome to join us on that as well. I know Adam Curry and a bunch of other folks have been invited to join in. Uh, but anyway, we I've been extremely successful from what I'm told as far as what you can expect out of your first year of business. My my question for you is, do you have any advice for somebody like me? What what are some advice, tips or anything like that as a knowing that I'm in the area, the space of podcasting, consulting and stuff like that outside of limiting myself to a podcast definition, because I already got that one from you. Well, I, I think that um, you know, it's it's no different than any business. I mean, you need to measure your, uh, you know, the amount of, of effort you're putting into it versus the return. And one of the, the tricks with podcasting, um, and, and frankly, anything on the internet, is it's very easy to see the hours creep away. 
um, you know, if you're sitting in your office at uh, 7 a.m. because you're excited about your email and you're still there at 10 p.m. at night and your kids were in the living room playing next to you, right? Um, and you never went out because you were always updating on the internet, um, you're missing out. And that didn't happen in the insurance world, right? I, I, like we'd show up at the office at nine and we'd leave at five and we'd be home and we'd interact with our family. And one of the weird things that happens when you, when you work at home and if you're like me, you've got four monitors and three computers running and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Um, it's really easy to lose yourself in those LCDs and, and, and think that somehow the, that's where the world's happening. And so, um, I, I don't know that it's different than anything else, but at some point you got to pull yourself up out of that LCD and say, you know, am I living my life or am I working three times as hard for one half the money? Um, and in podcasting, I, I believe that that's a, it's a valuable, um, you know, it's a valuable concern because there's, there's not that much money floating around yet. And maybe you've got a big contract like, you know, like I presume you do, or maybe I do with Disney or some others and, and it makes it all worthwhile. At, at the same time though, you still got to run it no different than you run an insurance business. I mean, it's business, right? You got to run it like any other business. You got to, you got to know when to say yes, when to say no and, and decide when it makes, uh, when it makes sense. And, um, you know, this has been an interesting conversation. I noticed here on Twitter, there's somebody named Maury who says listening live and continue to disagree. And, uh, you know, that's great. I have no <laughs> idea what he disagrees with, but good for him, you know? <laughs> right. And what do, what do they say? You can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs. So. That's right. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me. I, I'm very glad that you accepted my invitation and, and, it's, and just so you know, it, it's an open invitation. Anytime you want to get on, yeah. you know how to reach me. And, and, uh, and I agreed. I, I really enjoyed meeting you at, uh, what was it? Um, podcast, uh, New York, I think. Yeah. Podcamp NYC yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Podcamp. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, that was a good event. So. It, it was a very good event. Well, we appreciate it. And folks, uh, stay tuned for more, uh, podcasting coming very quickly here uh, with our 24-hour marathon. We've got several recordings of Podcast Answer Man that's going to be coming up um, very uh, quickly here. So we're going to be producing lots of content. Of course, those of you who are uh, listening to this on the free feed, uh, we want to remind you that we do promise you, I, I personally make a commitment to you to give you no less than two Podcast Answer Man episodes for free each month on the free feed. Now, this month, you've probably got quite a few more than that. But if you want to get every single episode of Podcast Answer Man, we encourage you to find out what gspn.tv plus membership is. The best way to do that is go on over to gspn.tv slash plus. Find out all the details and you'll get every single episode of these shows. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.